Spectre Cinema Club episode 155, Parker on Letterboxd gives Cube three stars out of five, saying, It's like Final Destination, but instead of death, the bad guy is math. Welcome, welcome to Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with the horror subgenres. I'm your co-host, Mr. Garrett McDowell, sitting across from me in person this week. It's Devon Taylor. Hello, hello. Yes, uh, we did have a, a slew. We had a streak of guests in a row. So yeah, it's been about a month since we've gotten to do one person, uh, mm-hmm. which is always my favorite because that means the editing is going to take a third of the time. Less effort. That's what we're all about around here. <laughs> Less effort. That's right. Um, and, you know, effort goes into a lot of the movies we're talking about today. Uh, well, this month in death games you know how much effort are you gonna put into uh to try to escape you know what i've realized recently after binging the entire saw series and and watching saw x as well and then now this film i just don't think my will to live is that is that intense devon i see a lot of these films and i'm like you know what i'd give up i just simply not do it and i would just die there so in cube uh i don't know if it's necessarily an effort thing or the fact that i am absolute ass at math but um hopefully i'd be one of the guys in the group that is just nice enough to to tag along so i guess we'll find out (laughs) Yeah, uh, if you guys listen to our movie math, uh, math is not exactly our forte. I mean, I'm actually pretty decent at math, but I'm more of a I'm more of a science guy. So like I'm like like I'm good with algebra, like really good with algebra and stuff like that. But then beyond that, like when you get into trig and calculus and and graphs and things like that. No, no, no. So um, but yeah, so we're uh, talking cube today. Um, Very excited to get into it. But before we do. Um, because this was actually, um, uh, I shouted it out in like a, the second episode of the show. I did like a introducing me and some of my like early uh, horror uh, references. So this is actually one of the very first horror movies I've uh, ever saw. Oh, wow. And, um, and a funny story with it. And I think what kind of it's interesting that it carries over now because like now, like I, uh, I, I, I might be too confident when I watch movies. I'm on the opposite end of you where I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I think I could handle a, a good amount of these kind of situations, but it terrified me as a kid because so, so when I was a kid, um, I was a very heavy sleeper. Okay. And so I watched this movie, um, while I was like seven with, uh, with my older brother and cousin, they were mm-hmm. like six years older than me. Um, so, you know, uh, they, they, they tortured me quite a bit growing <laughs> up, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, and, but one of the things was, so yeah, like I said, cause I think the, the one of the scarier parts of uh, this or any kind of horror movie is like the ones where you just wake up and you're in the situation mm-hmm. and you know, something about that, like really gets under my skin of like going to sleep in your bed and then you wake up and something else, right. uh, something about that really gets me. Yeah. Uh, so they fucking... We watch this movie. I'm like, oh my god, like this would that would be so crazy. I hope I don't end up in the cube ever. <laughs> um, so while I was sleeping, they carried me out because uh, we were at my uh, grandpa's house and he has a church like yeah. on the same like property. <laughs> so they took me, carried me out of the house, and like put me like in a closet in the church. So like when I woke up, I was like all discombobulated <laughs> and i was freaking out like, not only that but you were in church ah! yeah what's scarier <laughs> than that uh waking up in a mysterious church hell no um but yeah so this uh movie definitely has a a, a little bit of a um a personal connection for me so let's go ahead and hop into it for today's episode Cube, released September 11th, 1998. Uh, this was directed by Vincenzo Natale. Um, it most recently did uh, In the Tall Grass, a uh, Stephen King uh, flick, but he's most known for also doing Splice. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I did an episode on that like in the early days of the podcast. I think it was maybe only the seventh episode. It was one of the ones I did by myself. Yeah. And it's actually the, the episode of any of the ones I did myself that has done the most numbers just because... <laughs> I watched it like it was like another happy accident like usual. Yeah. I watched it when it got added to Netflix and then a lot of people that I guess 
uh, that didn't see it when it first came out were like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie Splice. But then you like watch it and it is fucking weird. Yeah. Like it is a weird ass movie. Have you seen it? <laughs> I have not seen it, but I'm well aware of uh, the, some of the weird corners that it goes into. <laughs> it's a, it is a doozy of a movie. So uh, if you guys haven't seen Splice, uh, watch that. Go back and listen to my episode on that. That was a really mm-hmm. good time. Um, th- this was written by Andre Bijelic, uh, Graham Manson and Natalie. Uh, cinematography done by Derek Rogers, uh, score done by Mark Corvin, who uh, most recently has been uh, known for his uh, Robert Eggers collaborations on The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Black Phone, which uh, we talked about on The Lighthouse, uh, edited by John Sanders. This movie uh, did pretty well. Um, it only brought in $8.9 million, but this was on a $350,000 budget. Um, uh, Canadian, super, super small. Uh, Canadian bucks. I for I don't know how close the conversion rate is between yeah. uh, uh, Canadian bucks and um. It, yeah. Is that what their actual currency is called? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it is to me it Canadian is to bucks. Me. <laughs> it just sounds like that would be theirs. Um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This has a sixty three percent, but uh, only on forty reviews. But at least it's in the positive side, so I'm happy about that. Uh, what do you think the letterbox average rating is for this? I think the letterbox is going to be a 3.2 out of 5. As always, 0. 0.1 off, 3.3 <laughs> out of 5. It. I swear it's not on purpose. I like <laughs> You need to just take whatever your score is and then adjust it up or down well, by 0.1. Again, that's it's, what you it's need 50, to do. 50 though. You know, it, could, it could be up or it could be down. So it's a real uh, Sophie show. Hey, you got to do, uh, you gotta do some math. To, to figure out your probability Ooh. and choices here. No, thanks. Don't scare me like that, Devon, please. <laughs> um, uh, this was uh, your first time watching, correct? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I was uh, excited to dive into this as well as uh, some of the other films that are going to be on the docket for this month. Uh, a couple of these were were new watches for me, which is uh, really exciting. And I'd heard you talk about this one so much and was uh, very well aware of the movie. It's one of those films that I feel like is always on like a streaming service, like a Netflix or something like that. Yeah. And I always pass by the thumbnail and I'm like, God, I got to get around to watching that. And I finally did. Uh, and I think this movie is better in some aspects uh, than I was expecting, but also worse in others. Um, I think what I really like about the movie is the 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 ingenuity that's on display the fact that these filmmakers very clearly had so little to work with and i really think that they stretch it about as far as it can go oh yeah um they do such a great job of making this uh the scope of this film feel so much bigger than it is i think a lot of that is due to um creative production design um creative lighting um makeup effects you know costuming all of those kind of things to give this movie this experience of feeling like you're not just watching you know the the these people just wander around in the same room over and over again. Um, I also like how this film, uh, you know, sets these characters up in these uh, different ways. The, the fact that they all have these differing skill sets and personalities and what does that, uh, you know, bring to light? How do these characters uh, conflict with one another? And then also what does that say about these characters and how they could kind of navigate their day to day into life. And I think that's probably what I liked most about this film is this really is, I would say even more so than some of the saw films, this really is kind of a little, um, uh, slice of life in a weird way I, I i feel like a lot of this film um says uh or, or has things to say about how we we go through day-to-day life how we collaborate with others how we fight with other people how we can use our skill set in order to um work with other people or to use that to kind of wedge us apart so i felt like the film had a surprising level of um depth to it and in, in in that regard um from a character perspective i did feel like it was lacking a little bit and there were some performance things in here that I kind of felt like a movie with a bigger budget maybe could have brought on uh, some heavier hitter actors here. I, I, I think like uh, a lot of the performances in this film are not the best, but there is some uh, pretty uh, impressive uh, visuals uh, and just a impressive scope of the film. So I wasn't blown away by it, but I do think that it does um, a lot right um, especially in corners that I wasn't necessarily um, expecting this film to cover as thoroughly as it does. Yeah, it, and, and again, this was um, very early on in my horror watching history, and 
it established um, a thing, you know, for me of, like I said, like being able to watch movies and like kind of put myself in it and mm-hmm. uh, kind of think of it in that way. Yeah. Um, so like on, you know, as in earlier, it was kind of more of like that, the, the escape, you know, kind of appeal, obviously, right, right. Uh, is what I kind of watched it for. And then as I, you know, grew to appreciate the Saw movies and then, you know, always trying to remind people, hey, hey, you know, Saw movies are great, but don't forget about, you know, uh, uh, the, the early influences, you right. know, and I mean, Cube is. I think if Cube did not exist, I don't know, you know, it, it, and not to say that Saw wouldn't exist, but I don't know if it would, you know. Or like, in the same capacity. Or in the same know? capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so it's always appealed to me in that way. And then, um, you know, I've rewatched it so many times. And as I've gotten older, you know, it is kind of watching more of these human interactions. It's uh, This functions more as an experiment versus the Saw movies. Like Saw movies is like, you know, John trying to put people through right. this uh, trial and tribulation type deal versus this like kind of very much feels like... Like they are uh, kind of rats being observed in yeah. this kind of scenario. And right. how, like you said, are they going to, you know, take the skills that they have and put them all together to, you know, make it out? Or are the the human emotions going to complicate things too mm-hmm. much and make it harder on? And that is kind of, um, I think, the the more, most interesting aspect of it uh, from the horror uh, aspect of it. But yeah, like you said, like for how cheap this is, um, you know, they, they literally only built one and a half cubes yeah. um, and they would just shift light, the light panels around right. and the color panels. Yeah. And uh, they only had like one actual working door that like could like be crawled through. The mm-hmm. other ones were just like props and stuff. So, um, which made the shoot take a long time because they had to just like literally keep shooting stuff and shifting around. Yeah. And, and they would shoot out of sequence just so they could like shoot all the scenes in one color and right. then move on to the next one. So, you know, um, but you can see like, I mean, this was uh, Natalie's first film, too. Mm-hmm. So like for him to be able to handle that uh, and make it so interesting and compelling visually um, yeah. on top of because he kind of already knew that the concept was going to suck people in. Mm-hmm. So I think the harder part was to make this, you know, not feel monotonous because it, it all takes place in you know, these cube shaped rooms and yeah. things like that. So like you said, like uh, introducing things like, you know, the, the matching uniforms that they're wearing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, even little details that all their last names are uh, named after famous prisons. Yep. Um, and, you know, so like, you know, he found all these like little details to like really uh, flesh it out. And, and, and what I appreciated on this watch last night is because uh, there are sequels. And, of course, the sequels do try to explain things. Uh, the second one goes in more of a sci-fi realm, mm-hmm. um, at, in introducing, like, you know, time-warping rooms and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then it does a prequel um, that's, like, kind of Cabin in the Woods style, where you see people that do work behind the scenes in this, and then uh, the way that they, like, kind of do it in that way. So it's, like, they do do a whole bunch of lore and stuff later. And yeah. uh, I, I rewatched this last night with Mo. Uh, from the Death Becomes Her episode, one of my good friends, and uh, and we got done. She immediately she was like, "Oh, like let's watch one of the other ones." Like I I need to know more because at yeah. the end of this, there is no answer to anything. Right. Like I mean, spoiler alert. Like we do not know, you know, who or why yeah. this is happening. And then so we watched like half of uh the prequel, and she was just like, uh, nope, this is nope. They they did too much, and this yeah. just doesn't have uh quite the sauce to it." I'll say the prequel is decent, but yeah. uh. Second one, uh, not so much. <laughs> Having not seen the sequels either, or the prequels, I I can already tell you that's not something that would interest me a lot here. I love the ambiguity of it here. I I love how the the film just kind of places these characters in the situation, and they just kind of have to figure it out. There's no Billy that comes in with a tape, or there's no rhyme or reason why they're where they're necessarily. Um, put in there at least uh, in an in an obvious way they kind of have to figure that out I would say that I even didn't really care for the fact that one of the members of this um, experiment had knowledge of its creation uh, one of the the characters created he, he kind of calls it like the the shell of it I believe or the outside of it and even that I was kind of like well now I know it's man-made you know now I know that there are contractors and people that ended up building this thing I would have preferred honestly if it was just they're in this space and figure it out you know so the fact that the sequels mm-hmm. continue to you know establish lore which is you already mentioned what sequels are for um, I can tell you right now, I probably would prefer it, you know, not to to explain too much. That's it kind of ruins the fun. 
Yeah, so uh, I mean, for I, I would say if you do want that, then yeah, just don't even bother with the sequels. Um, that again, the the sequel itself is trying way too hard, and it's it's very odd and trying to do too much. It yeah exceeds its uh its budget limitations a little bit, and then the prequel is interesting. Um, but it's still not. Um, gonna satisfy you the mm. way that you'd want to be so you might as well not even try you know <laughs> and because I like that there's literally throughout the movie they're like is it the government is it aliens is it a rich person watching us right uh, you know and like all these different ones so uh, very fun to watch it in that way uh, you ready to give a 60 second synopsis boy am I ever let's do it all right I got you here on the clock in three two one um, imagine you've got the cube from the Hellraiser movies that's just really, really big, uh, and these characters kind of wake up on the inside of this cube. Uh, they're in this geometrical room that there's lights and shapes and all of these uh, weird markings on the wall. They wake up there. They don't know why they're there. They're all wearing the same uniform, and they kind of just have to sort of figure it out trial uh, by trial. Going through each of these rooms, uh, each room is set up with different traps, different clues, all of these different things that these characters have to use their wits to navigate, find out why they're all there, why each person has the skill set that they have, and uh, try to uh, find the key to escaping this uh, dreaded cube maze. Oh, there you go. And uh, they, I mean, if you ask Quentin, he found the key and he, uh, uh, I want to slip you in the lock. Uh, <laughs> the grossest line uh, that I didn't even notice when yeah. I, any of the other times I watched this. I was like, that was disgusting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is pretty straightforward. Uh, the rules are pretty simple. You know, they're just trying to survive. Some rooms have traps, some don't. And mm-hmm. it is trying to figure out the pattern amongst these numbers. And yeah. Again, how to how to use uh, the the skills throughout, and uh, I love the Hellraiser reference because I I because this is also a Canadian production, so I do wonder because it looks like some of the uh, pains. Mm-hmm. It looks like in um at the beginning of uh, Hellraiser four when they're in the museum. Yeah, that is like actually like the lament thingy sure sure. Uh, it kind of looks like that i wonder if they like just like went through the recycling or something to get some of those uh materials because it it is very much a lament configuration yeah like they're trying to navigate like a blown up version of you know of one of those like almost like ant-man style yeah and (laughs) i I mean i love it i i think i love how simple it is yet it is intricate you know it has these markings that you don't really know which kind of adds into the alien mystique of it right um they have like you know these like handlebars like all around to Mm -hmm. like kind of uh get up into like the upper uh door and things like that Mm -hmm. there's a real specific sound that the the lock of the doors make whenever it uh you know is there's so many really cool details with the production design of this which are just like it it, and it looks really good like Mm -hmm. it's shot like like the just the color grading on it too it just it's a very good looking film yeah you had mentioned already like the production of this it was only filmed in uh it was pretty uh shot pretty quickly Uh, they only had so much time that they could work on this so yeah you're right they did shoot it out of order setting up the different um colors of each room which although the colors of the rooms don't necessarily have a plot significance there's more of like an emotional significance Mm -hmm. in that and that um in some of the white rooms uh the characters kind of have some sort of breakthrough or they learn a new piece of information that helps them whereas the red rooms are more often um kind of associated with death or with conflict. So the characters will have a big argument or something like that in a red room, whereas the the, the white rooms are are more of a, a place of collaboration. So I like how the film is able to not just make use out of the, you know, the, the space that they're in, but also using color to kind of inform how these characters are feeling emotionally too. Yeah. Because, um, I noticed like most of the traps were in blue rooms, which yeah. you think would be like the safe ones. It feels like cool and more neutral, but yeah. then those were the ones that ended up being like some of the more dangerous rooms. So right. yeah, the way that they uh, kind of play with your expectations, uh, with that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and get into some subgenres here. Obviously we're in the death games category mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the, with death games there's the different types you know there's some of them that are kind of more explicitly like games uh versus uh this one isn't a game per se but it is you're trying to escape you know and obviously uh in today's escape room culture you know this uh kind of hits a little yeah. different um but yeah so so i had like you know I, underneath i had the prison escape uh route because i think 
uh, prison escape is a subgenre within itself, usually more in the action category. Um, but they kind of straddle that line because like prisons themselves are scary, horrifying places, you know? Right. Um, so, so there are some of them that kind of skew into the horror realm. Um, but with this one, it's like, you know, not explicitly a prison in the way that, um, because they're like, oh, well, I haven't done anything wrong. And for the right. then that seems to be the case for really any of them. Like, this isn't a, again, John Kramer situation where you're like, well, what did I do to get yeah, myself in this situation? Learned, yeah. Wh- which adds <clears throat> into a lot of the, the emotional weight later of like some of these characters being like, I'm not even like an important person in life. Like I'm so insignificant. So why yeah. me to be in this uh, situation is uh, mm-hmm. very uh, interesting and kind of uh, segues into my other one, which is like this existential dread that everybody's kind of philosophizing throughout the movie and yeah. asking lots of questions and things like that. So um, those are the ones that kind of stood out for me. What about you? Uh, I think this is also a sort of a mystery thriller that the movie is not necessarily trying to like horrify you. It's more trying to get you to ask questions and to think this through whereas saw is pretty pretty straightforward of how to escape some of these situations uh, it's more about the road to getting to that destination you know the destination but the road getting there is so difficult and so um, arduous and, and painful and all of that this there's so little explanation involved that these characters just sort of have to like like an escape room look at the clues and piece together this this puzzle so i would say certainly a a mystery uh with some psychological uh thriller angles to it but i think also with the production design of this prison being is kind of like weirdly sort of out of time uh yet futuristic in a weird way i think that this uh is leaning into the science fiction categories too because there's so many Um, pieces of technology in this film that are just pretty advanced um, but also kind of rudimentary in a weird way uh, that there's gears and all of these things but yet there's some rooms where there are these like you know razor thin uh, wires that can you know cut up some of these characters so yeah I think it's 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 a bit more high tech than like a saw film where that those are like rusted gears and, and clockwork and all of that kind of stuff to where here it feels almost inhuman in a way yeah and that and that does add into like you said the mystery angle of it um mm-hmm. it kind of has like a twilight zone feel i've saw, I saw mm-hmm. a lot of comparisons to that and uh, people's letterbox reviews yeah and yeah with the because the mystery of it is i think where a lot of the fear comes from because like you said this isn't trying to scare you and even yeah. some of the i mean yeah there is gore you know whenever we do see some of these traps they are kind of a uh, body horror whether it's melting someone's skin off or right. you know or these like super sharp wires uh, where you literally get cubed in the opening of a uh, kill of the movie. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of uh, that, that you, it deserves to be right next to your letterbox list of people throwing themselves out of the window. But I love a, a horror movie where somebody gets sliced like so quickly that you kind of see them like looking around and then their face starts to bleed and then they fall apart. Like, I don't know what that's called, but whatever that is, is a, a subgenre in and of itself. Oh yeah. No, it's a, it's a little horror kink. Another one uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, if you, you know, ghost ship, the, the yeah, most epic right? one, of yep. course. Um, but yeah, so it's like the, the fear though, isn't exactly the traps, even though they are, but yeah. the, the fear is one, not knowing where the traps come from, not being able to mm-hmm. understand the pattern. But then again, like, it's not only just the what it's the why like this movie spends a lot of time of these characters like that is kind of their main hang up like Mm because they're like well we know we have to keep moving and you know try to figure out these systems if we want to escape we already know that but what we don't know is why like why is this happening why me and uh that's what kind of made the the character clashes so interesting Mm -hmm. so um uh, I'll do a quick rundown of just the last names because I like the, the the prison connections, which are interesting. Um, uh, so we have uh, David Worth and uh, Joan Levin, which is uh, uh, two parts of uh, Leavenworth Prison. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a U.S. one. Uh, we have Quentin McNeil, the San Quentin prison, uh, prison in the United States. Um, we have uh, Dr. Helen Holloway, which is a women's prison in the U.K. Um, we have Wren, which is a uh, French uh, prison. And then we have Alderson, which is also a United States uh, prison, and then Kazan, which is uh, named after the Kazan prison in Russia. Um, so, um, and I wouldn't say any of the prisons have any direct correlations to their personalities. Yeah. Um, I think it's just kind of a fun little connection thing. Uh, however, the thing is of the movie is you have this 
uh, uh, ensemble of people. None of them are big stars or anything. No. And I know uh, the characters are kind of the make or break for a lot of people when watching this. Yeah. Because, uh, like you said, some of the acting performances are much better than others. Uh, <laughs> and much of them aren't all that great to begin with. Yeah. Um, but I do find, like, one, the the uh, performances uh, kind of give it a smidge of a camp factor. Like, uh, Holloway is just insane. The, yeah. the shit that she says throughout this movie and the, the way she says it yeah. um, is just hilarious. Her, her whole character is, like, just big, I, I need a cigarette and I'm really pissed that I don't have one vibe. She even asks for one at one point in the movie, but it just kind of makes her just go crazy throughout the whole film. And she's just yelling at everybody and just pissed off the entire time. It's like she's supposed to be, like, the most, like, humane one, but yeah. yet she's also the one, like, freaking out the most yeah. and, like, kind of getting hysterical. Like she, she hits the hysteric phase like uh, faster than mm-hmm. most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Mo just kept calling it cube madness. <laughs> um, there's, there's at least a, a like throughout the movie, every single character besides Eleven maybe uh, succumbs to cube madness in, in some form, and, yeah. and she's the first one. Um, but then you have, uh, you have Quentin, who's the the angry cop. And, uh, and, you know, I hate the trope of the, the big angry black guy that goes psycho on everybody sure. uh, in the situation, you know, which is kind of whatever, but also the fact that he's a cop and they yeah. depict him as, you know, the most evil one uh-huh. of the bunch. Uh, I do appreciate pretty that. Pretty based, not going to lie. Pretty based, it's Cube. Pretty, <laughs> it is pretty based, not going to lie. Um, uh, David Worth is uh, the uh, uh, also just, like, kind of hilarious because, like, they keep making... Uh, puns with his name because right. he he feels like he's worthless ha 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 you right. get it and there's there's one scene where i think they say three right in a row which is i was like well done well done cube <laughs> yeah he, he's like for what it's worth worth yeah exactly <laughs> yeah oh man and then i think he says worthless right after that and i'm like wow they're just spitting bars in this movie right and left <laughs> And then uh, uh, Ren, uh, I like his character as the um, he's the one that gives you the false hope because they're like, oh, shit, he's a, a career escape artist, which one that doesn't make sense to me because you keep having to escape places. That means you keep getting caught. So well, you're not that great of an escape artist. He seems like he's got the escape part down. The the not getting capture part, he seems like he kind of sucks at. Or maybe it's his thing. Maybe he but does. Likes he go it, back you know? in on purpose to yeah. see if he can escape. Maybe he does. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I I really liked that kind of red herring that he offers in this, and it's also going to play into uh, my movie math a little bit here. But I love how he's portrayed as like the intuitive smart one. He has the idea uh, to take off his boot and to like throw it by the string into the other room to see if it kind of, you know, senses, senses tra- sensors, uh, yeah, yeah. for like the trap or something like that, which I thought was a, a, a really creative idea. So yeah, I, and uh, for, you know, spoiler alert, he gets killed like pretty much first in the movie. And so yeah. I, I love that he is the one that, audiences are kind of like okay well this guy's smart he's going to get these characters out of this situation and then his his utility is kind of uh taken away from the group which i think is one of my uh, issues with the films or i would say just more hang-ups with the movie is a lot of the characters are kind of just reduced to one personality type and then mostly how do they relate to the plot how are they able to help these characters get out of the, the the cube? I think the issue is is the film is so minimalist. It only takes place in this, you know, essentially one room with these characters. So I think that the characters need to bring a bit more to the story other than what utility do I have in order to get us out of this situation? You know, one of them is like, I'm the math person. And sometimes... Uh, you know, I have some confidence issues and like that's kind of about it, you know, so I, I wish the characters would have been a bit more, um, uh, I guess, nuanced or, or have, you know, uh, more than just kind of one mode in, in the movie. But I feel like it, it's not detrimental to the film. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's a late 90s like survival action movie or uh, action horror movie. So. Uh, it's not the most important thing in the world, but I think with the movie, with as little ingredients as it has, those ingredients, I think, need to be pretty um, high quality, in my opinion. I mean, I think it ties into, uh, again, some of the themes where, um, like you were saying, it's like, okay, how do we put our heads together, you know, to do this? And Ren calls, uh, you know, take and all of them have a different approach to the situation. Ren, at the beginning, has, you know, one approach where he's like, hey, 
you know, keep things simple. Yeah. Like, let's not chit chat a whole bunch. Let's only focus on what's in front of us. Yeah. And like things like that. Let's not get hung up on the why because like, yeah. we're already here. Mm-hmm. And like for me, like I'm pretty much on his side. Like I'm like, like, like me too. But yeah. but there is also obviously a part of you that wants to get to know the other people to see if that has any yeah. more information to help mm-hmm. you. So there's like a balance between like, um, you know, the people that do just like be like, hey, because because the more that they learn about each other, that's when more animosity happens because mm-hmm. they're learning about each other's personalities, their political stances, things like that. And that's where more tension is coming from because sure. they're learning more about each other. Yeah. You know, so it's like uh, on one hand, it's like they should have listened to Ren just be like, hey, like if the only conversations we need to be having is traps and like yeah. if you have a skill that pertains to like the situation in front of us right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's something that I love about the film is that their personalities and their own baggage and history. Again, it's not like a saw film where they're in there for philosophical reasons. They're in there for more. What do they bring the table uh, to, to the group? Are some of them are really good at math. Some of them are escape artists. Some of them are, are, are whatever, you know, and how does that help them escape? I, I really like how the film proposes these, 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 uh, this, this kind of begs the question of, of why are we in here, which I think is relating to what I was discussing earlier and the fact that this movie really does have these very human philosophical questions that it brings to the table in regards to just sort of our everyday life. You know, why are we here? What is our purpose? You know, what brought us together and in, in, in all of these things that the, these characters are trying so desperately to find a rhyme or uh, find a, yeah, a, a reason for the rhyme, you know? Uh, and uh, that's, you know, ain't that all of us. We're trying to, to figure it all out, trying to understand our, our place in all of this while also trying to understand what skills we can bring to the table uh, too. Yeah. And the, the dueling ideologies like, come up in funny ways sometimes they are like these like more heated debates but sometimes they're also really funny Mm -hmm. um i really like the part when they're like debating the different theories and um and holloway's on the alien side and like or no she's on the government side uh where she's like talking about like oh they're listening and this can only be man-made this can only be this and then whenever uh quentin says like no it's just rich people that are poking fun she like cracks up and like scoffs at his like idea of it versus like um your idea is not that much crazier but it's because you guys are like coming at it from different angles and me and mo had a really good laugh about um a uh, worse little monologue whenever after he spills the beans about yeah. you know being uh you know he, he built the outer shell and it's so funny because he's like i mean i don't know i was just hired they told me to draw a thing and like i never even met these people i never left my office like mm-hmm. and he's like describing it but he's like describing like how he's did all this work and did this crazy thing for people he doesn't know and doesn't right. know the reason why you know uh but then he goes on this monologue where it's like the classic podcasters of like saying everything but saying absolutely nothing at the same time (laughs) like he literally goes on for like seven minutes and mo's like i don't think he said anything in that entire rant right it it was so funny yeah there's a few uh kind of uh um, rants and, and monologues where the character just sort of stands on their Apple box and they're like, this is my perspective. And <laughs> yeah, again, the performances don't really help uh, a lot either. So yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the, the monologues in this just kind of came off a bit too, um, just kind of, the, this is the character and this is their point of view and this is, you know, this is their thing. Again, this is their one thing and they're just kind of stating it out for for everybody. But I, I, I wished that this movie would have, because I, I really liked when it shifts into that gear of the the other people involved in this trap are like an antagonistic force. They're not just, you know, yelling at the other characters, but they're actively trying to harm them. I wish the movie would have dealt with that a little bit more mm-hmm. of, you know, them getting separated and then chasing the others or something like that. The, the film does kind of shift into that gear, but then it kind of resolves itself pretty quickly. It's not, uh, you know, a, a big part of this movie. And I would have uh, maybe have preferred that, you know, to see these characters kind of going after um, one another rather than just bickering for most of the movie yeah i think i think that could have been fun if like maybe even like pretty much like in the beginning if like one or two people splinter off from yeah. the main group but then they like keep popping up throughout the yeah throughout whenever 
they're either getting, you know, backtracked or whatever. Mm -hmm. They could have had, like, you know, parts where it's, like, they're, like, trying to, like, lure each other into, like, rooms they know have traps already, you know? Like, yeah, they could have done a little bit of that. They were kind of going for more of the... You know, focusing, uh, I guess, a little bit more on the psychological than, you know, the action of it. Because, like, uh, the the little, you know, the scenes of action are, like, more quick bursts, you know, right. with, like, just, like, one sequence, you know. And then uh, and then we get, like, you know, a lot more killing <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, his his crazy eyes, this guy uh, playing Quentin, Dude. is just cracking me up. Like, it, it, and, he's, I mean, he's really acting for the back row. He is. I mean, like, he, <laughs> and he was already, I mean, he was already, like, from the get-go. Like, I thought it was interesting because one detail I noticed, um, the first scene that we see him, when he comes out from the door, he's already got blood on his hands. So it's like, was there somebody else already in here that he's dispatched of, you know, like, or like, you know what so or was it just also foreshadowing that like he's going to be the one that like starts fucking killing people at the yeah. end um huh. because like i mean and and it's in there the whole time cuz like we don't know how old levin is um i mean i would assume she looks like you know early college but she mentioned she's still living with her parents uh who knows but like yeah. he like keeps making just like more and more crude comments throughout and, right yeah yeah Ugh. so he, he he was already uh given ick from the from the get-go and he's a cop did we mention that <laughs> and he's also a cop um uh do you do you have a obviously maybe not best performance but uh favorite performance or most interesting character amongst this ensemble like i said i was a big fan of uh, wayne robinson or robson uh who portrays uh Renz, uh who is like the the uh, escape artist kind of guy and i i thought he had a real gr- like great just kind of character actor presence to him it felt like really uh just natural uh, i thought he was a really good fit for this i also liked his because i kind of related to that if i was you already mentioned if i was in this situation i wouldn't necessarily you know so where do you come from you know uh, do you have kids what do you do i wouldn't be doing um all of those things having those kind of conversations so i related to him that he was sort of like Let's only talk together or talk if we need to. Yeah. Uh, so I, I maybe just found myself relating to him more. Um, but I wish we would have gotten some more time with uh, Julian Richings, uh, who is the 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 actor that gets um, cubed. Uh, but he's like he's definitely one of those that guy actors like he's in Bo is Afraid. He's in Man of Steel. He's in um, uh, X-Men. He's in a bunch of stuff and uh, uh, Urban Legend as well. Uh, so I wish that we would have gotten a little bit more time with him because I think he's a really good like that guy actor but unfortunately his uh, role is pretty short-lived because he gets sliced and diced within like the first five minutes of yeah movie. hot damn i'm looking at his filmography i didn't realize and uh he does make a saw appearance saw four hell yeah so uh he, he's in there um yeah he definitely yeah he gets literally cubed um uh, i'm definitely a fan of uh, my math qd 11 um, and she, she looks like a K Flay. If you, if you know her and listen to her, not familiar, uh, look very similar. Um, but like, I don't know, like, I think she also was like, kind of, uh, like a realist, even though she like kind of had some like whiny moments and stuff, but she was the one, I mean, one, she's doing the most work out of everybody. Yeah. Uh, two, she, you know, has like the attitude to like, you know, like at the beginning she does like, kind of like have these like confidence issues, but you do like see throughout, like when yeah. she realizes like her value to this mm-hmm. group, like she, then she's not taking shit from Quentin, you know, yeah. the, in the second half of the movie and shit like that. And uh-huh. she's like taking more charge and, you know, uh, doing, and like uh things like that uh so it was a fucking bummer whenever she goes out at the very last minute yeah um i, I mean I, like they literally had the door open and fucking worth is sitting on the ground giggling it's like yeah. bro get up and get through this fucking door <laughs> right now yeah like it was um so yeah so, so it was a bummer whenever she died but like i don't know she she had some uh she had some like really funny lines of uh, one of my favorites is have you been on glue your whole life <laughs> um at some point like such a 90s yeah. uh reference right there so uh, i don't know she she was uh she was entertaining she yeah. she she was charming you know and she is like the i think she is supposed to be the you know audience surrogate maybe because yeah. like she's like oh i'm literally a nobody i just go to school i live with my parents yeah. i'm just a person and it yeah. was like you know interesting in that way yeah and it, i also think that it distinguishes itself really well uh, as we've already mentioned before having these characters not be these evil people who kind of have it coming i think it makes it um a bit easier to root for them and to to again place ourselves in their in their shoes i think i 
don't relate to to uh, her character uh, in the sense of she's like the math one. You know, you have um, uh, Kazan, who is uh, an autistic character who is like lightning fast with numbers and he's able to do calculations in his head really, really quickly. We can certainly have a conversation about all of that, but her, uh, Levin is the character who's shown earlier on in the film to be uh, good with numbers as well. And I don't know about you, maybe it was just like the time I watched this movie or whatever, but they were like explaining you know uh, oh if we do this thing or this number means this or explaining what was going on in their hand head mathematically and i was sitting there just like fucking i'll take your word for it because i have no idea what you're saying <laughs> like they're trying to explain these like very heavy mathematical sort of um uh, problems and uh, equations and all of this and i was just like good i'm glad you guys figured it out i have no idea what the fuck you're saying <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because it starts off like their original theory is just oh if it's a prime number it is a prime number if it's not i got all it. that i and went that to easy, i went to grade school you know? math i got that one so it, like it starts <laughs> off in that way but like i mean it's also because they still never truly know what the yeah like you know they think they haven't figured out but then it's like oh now they're cartesian coordinates and now yeah. they're this you know and things like that and um because they, they uh, said the dimensions, at least based on the outer uh, shell, was uh, 26 by 26 by 26, which is 17,576 cube rooms. So for one, imagine how ridiculously large this thing is. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, is, so it's like I would... I think aliens would have been the route That's to go. That's what I'm saying. Aliens would I have think, been way more interested. Like, I think that would have, and um, we'll get into that in my movie math. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, like, I, I think that would have been the most interesting route to go, but, um, or I also like the the rich people watching uh, aspect, too. Like, what would have been your, like, you're on board with aliens? Oh, 100%, because I think you had already mentioned that these characters are kind of like rats in a maze, and I think that, you know, having having us be the the, tit, the the rats that these aliens are kind of studying to, to see what uh, humans are like and putting us in, you know, five of us in a room, and just figure it out, you know, and, and kind of what happens here. Again, I think that there's a lot of parallels here to just sort of our, our everyday, you know, human existence, uh, you know, conversations and, and a lot of these deeper ideas here um, at play. And I think that this is sort of a a little miniature version of that and in what better way to to explore that than having aliens kind of uh, uh having us under their thumb and 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 you know uh studying us that's why when he was like oh i built the outer shell of it i was just like oh so it's not aliens oh, that's lame you know i don't want it to be rich people or the government or something like that i i think those people are uh more evil in maybe less obvious ways <laughs> yeah they they still they still get you know they still have the ambiguous ending but yeah i do wish they just would have left all the options open like aliens they did they yeah. did kind of strike that from the record um you you mentioned kazan and kind of his uh character in this i mean it could have been aliens maybe they just had like a fake mustache and they're like we are regular people <laughs> we, we have a job for he never met him before you know it could be aliens aliens checking out linkedin i mean i buy it <laughs> i buy it um, but yeah, so so you have Kazan in this, and um, he is a, a mentally handicapped person, but he has like a, the kind of savant uh, angle of yeah. autism in this. Mm -hmm. And I will say, uh, so so I'll get your thoughts, but then I'll have to say something else. Uh, I'll, sure. I'll spoil the later movies, uh, which will then kind of maybe change your thoughts a little bit. Okay. But as far as this film in particular, um, yes, unfortunately, we do get an R word thrown out there. But yeah. like, it is at a point where it's like, uh, again, Quentin's like submit has uh, succumbed to the cube madness. Yeah. Uh, we so uh, everything's flying. Not out. a good um, guy. Also a cop. I didn't know if we mentioned that before. Yeah, but I I do find it fascinating that still at the you know most of the characters still treat him as like like as you would in a situation where like it, I, I see it. It's a it's a bummer that like he's kind of used as a plot point yeah. uh, in a way, and I'm not even talking his math abilities, and I think that's what kind of saves it is like because the plot point is like kind of like um you have people debating like hey he's gonna like slow us down and he's a liability and not to say because it's like oh because he's a lesser person it's just like it in this situation it kind of just is mm -hmm. uh, that way like mm -hmm. when you see ones that are sound activated or things like that like yeah. it, it is the truth unfortunately but it's again like how much humanity are you going to show while you're in the situation? Are you still looking at it for yourself? Are you going to start working together? So it's interesting yeah. from that way. But then I do think at least 
um, with him kind of being, uh, you know, having the ability to, yeah. you know, really uh, figure out the way to navigate the traps uh, does help in in the way that it doesn't feel like um, they threw uh, him in this movie to exploit him. No, I, I think it's certainly uh, there's no malice here. I, I think that they what they're trying to communicate is that, hey, even those people that you might look down on or kind of assume would be this ball and chain throughout the situation can actually be of, of great use. And, and everybody, you know, from all different walks of life have something to contribute. And I think that the, the film is trying to portray that in a, in a good way. I just think it's an unfortunate and it's a it's a big issue in Hollywood. Recent movies have done it. Well, we talked it with The Predator um, is that it's such a cliche that Hollywood will portray characters with uh, mental handicaps as just being like superheroes that are, you know, are just these mental calculators and that just either they're doing mathematical equations or they're screaming and hitting themselves. And there is a middle ground there mm -hmm. and Hollywood doesn't really seem to understand that. And they just continue to like portray a lot of um, autistic characters just the exact same way. And again, it's just being they're hitting themselves and they're good at math. And it's just like, there are other facets to to with you characters or to to people with um you know these uh mental abilities and uh yeah i just it's yeah, it's the late 90s i don't again i don't think that there's malice or or um, anything like that it's just a it's a cliche and it's unfortunately still very very prevalent today yes and and again so maybe now because they kind of retcon it in a way um, I'm a you cool if I spoil yeah, the prequel that's for you. Yeah, that's uh, I doubt you're gonna watch it. Yeah, and if, uh, sorry for you guys if you were planning on watching the rest of them. And, yeah, yeah, whatever. But guess what? The prequel for you. So, in the prequel, um, it starts off and you're watching two observation like workers that mm -hmm. work for Cube Inc. Humans, Actually, to clarify, by the way, not not aliens. Um, y humans. Um, because uh, it's revealed at the end of two that there's this company called Izon. Mm. Um, that is behind it. So it was um, rich people. Uh, yes, rich, rich government people. And uh, so you're watching two of the blue collar guys that are yeah. watching subjects go through mm -hmm. and like are supposed to like you know like monitor things or yeah. whatever. And uh, uh, one of the main characters, uh, he's like he's uh noted at the beginning of the movie to be like super smart. He's like mm -hmm. doing. Uh, he's like playing chess without looking at the board and, yeah. and doing like, uh, you know, random calculations uh, and you're watching this character. So he's like a genius. And then uh, he like starts feeling bad for the subjects in the cube and then mm -hmm. he gets put in the cube um, by by the higher ups. His yeah. buddy like sells him out. So Damn. he gets in the cube. He makes it to the end uh, with one of the people in the cube. They survive mm -hmm. um, where they are captured by his eyes on people. And they uh they basically lobotomize him and alter his brain. Um and then the last scene of the movie is him saying Kazan's line of like I don't like uh I don't like the red rooms I like the green rooms. Oh, um so it's uh even though they look completely different they are implying that uh Kazan is not autistic he is a lobotomized genius um that got put back in the cube before disobeying orders or or they do that to people in general multiple yeah. times so uh Kazan in this movie um if you go off the rest of the movies not autistic ah well i don't know what's worse the fact that you're like removing kind of like the moral message the of that from the agency it, of that or the fact that you're just explaining it away with some other you know non-related thing <laughs> again nobody talks about the sequel and prequel so yeah. it's whatever yeah. Um, yeah yeah but yeah uh did you have a favorite uh trap in a room what do you think was the most uh brutal gruesome one well i was a big fan of the 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 acid face melting that was pretty fucking gnarly but yeah like i mentioned i'm a big fan of just the 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 quick slice uh of the uh, the the first homie at the very beginning of the movie i i wish we could have gotten a bit more traps to be honest i, I think this this film is a little trap trap light i think it's because the characters figure it out pretty early on in the movie about the mm -hmm. prime number thing which keeps them safe throughout a lot of the, the rest of the film so i i could have done with two or three more um but yeah i think the movie kind of starts off with a bang and isn't quite able to to uh kind of escape that shadow but you know that's just me yeah, and um, yeah, I would agree. It is a little trap light, and mm -hmm. I think that is due to just budget constraints. Most of totally, it, because yeah. most of uh, some of the traps were still practical, but then mm -hmm. some of them were just uh, CGI. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I would have taken more scenes like uh, one of the one of the uh, I think be best scenes of the film 
um, it has definitely the most tensions, the one where um, they decide they need to cut through a room that does have a trap. So that way, because they realize that the rooms are shifting. Yeah. Um, so they're like, well, it will save us time if we cut through the one. So they're like, oh, well, this one we just have to stay quiet in and like, right. or else like the, the needles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is an issue with Kazan, who like kind of has uh, verbal tics and things like that. Apparently lobotomized. So one uh, of the side effects, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so um, but um, uh, watching that scene it's very fun because it's like i mean they really draw it out you watch every single person do it and mo- mm-hmm. like uh, we start watching and mo's like oh god do we have to watch all of them do it <laughs> and like i was like yep every single one and it is a uh, it's a really great scene because like fuck that like that's tough like yeah to just like not make any sounds mm-hmm. and like have to do monkey bars uh on top of it and all this shit like and you're already like malnourished and dehydrated right uh, so, so I really like that scene. I would have liked to see them do that more because I feel like all the traps were pretty much instant death. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Quentin like do a cartwheel out of one. Right. Um, but, uh, besides that, like all the other ones are, it's like, oh, if you trip this trap, you're going to be fucked. So I would yeah. have liked to have seen some rooms that have traps that they could navigate around in some sort of creative way. Yeah, I agree. Cause I, I, I think that, you know, seeing these characters in their uh, ingenuity beyond just the uh, thinking of throwing a shoe and then math, you know, show them be <laughs> resourceful in, in other ways. It's feel like they're, if you're not great at math, you're not much help in this, you know, which I, I felt like was kind of Quentin's role is that he is a leader. Yes. And he's able to like kind of galvanize the people around him, but he's also a control freak and he has a fucking temper, you know? So I feel like if you're not a literal human calculator, you're kind of fucked in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Quentin, he's, he's, he's the muscle a few times. Yeah. Like, you know, he like anchors the the rope that he eventually ends up dropping Holloway anyways. Right. Um, but he like does do that or he like, lowers them into the the room when they were doing the sound one well, so i mean he did yeah he did his muscly thing a well, few times the I rope guess. thing though isn't really of use like that was so dumb like yeah. i was like what are you guys trying to do and she kept swinging and you literally see on the wall that there's nothing there and she's like yeah i'm a swing again like yeah, yeah that was very silly they just kind of hang her out of the window and they're just like i don't know see if you can grab something it's like and then what you're in another fucking room and now you're separated i'm not really yeah sure what they're their plan was there. Yeah. Holloway like patches a few wounds cause she's yeah. a doctor or whatever. Big um, fan of that too. In movies when a doctor is able just to like spew off a lot of medical jargon and they're like, well, this is the, that. And then if you do this, your body will start to do this. And it's just yeah, like, when all right, she, take it easy. <laughs> yeah. When she explained uh, what happens when you starve and are dehydrated, like, yeah, we, we can tell, we know, we know you fucking your die. Body lady. Shuts down. That's what happens. <laughs> and uh, I mean, worth, yeah, he really does nothing yeah. like he adds nothing to the table he's just like snarky sitting around, and yeah. sitting around and yeah holding information like he he literally does he absolutely makes it to nothing. the end typical man you know bullshit <laughs> bullshit you know um but yeah uh it, i mean he even quotes uh, himself of just boundless human stupidity that's that's worth that's what he adds to the table which i thought one. was kind of nihilistic in a fun way is that like yeah the world outside of this is is you know is equally as complicated and 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 dangerous and you're also filled with angry stupid people and everybody's just kind of trying to make their way through it which i which i appreciated yeah um did you have anything else before we wrap up into final thoughts you know what not really i think that this film is pretty um simple it's pretty bare bones uh it's its ingredients are laid out pretty plainly and again i like how um this film is able to this film is able to use the ingredients that it has, but really make the most out of it. I think that this film um, does uh, have a few uh, uh, pieces on the board that maybe aren't utilized as, as well as they could have been. I would have preferred that these characters offer a bit more of a antagonistic force to one another. Again, maybe having them separate, maybe have an entirely separate group somewhere off in the cube and there, you know, come across this other group uh, halfway through. Cause it's such a big, uh, a a big space to only have one group going through. It seems like kind of a waste, you know, I I would have waste of resources. What are you guys doing? Exactly. Yeah. These aliens or whoever the corporations (laughs) are, it's like throw a few more in there and try to see if they, if they, if they would collaborate or they would fight or something like that. Like, uh, again, having a bit more variety in the film, I think would have been appreciated and, um, maybe the corn, or maybe the the sequels or the prequels dive into to uh, a, a bit more multifaceted kind of threats in the cube rather than just trying to mm-hmm. navigate which room is uh, dangerous and which room is not. So I think 
the the film does a lot uh, right, but also does some other things that I would have preferred uh, a, a bit more depth there. So yeah, for me, um, out of five, what, pierogies, cubes, pierogies. <laughs> like, um, uh, what was that line? Uh, are we doing out of five pierogies? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. For me, this is at a, a a three out of five pierogies. I I think it's a pretty good. Um, you know, a predecessor to a lot of the death game films, but I do think that the genre does evolve and get better than this. Um, but I still think it was like a fun, easy breezy late nineties watch. Um, I love a lot of the, 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 the camp level of it. I think a lot of the performances are kind of, um, beautifully over the top and there's some uh some humor to this film as well much like the first saw film this this movie's pretty funny in some parts but um ultimately yeah it didn't didn't wow me it was just uh, it was just okay for me oh well i mean that's still better than i thought it was gonna be like for some reason after we got done last night i was like mm, i don't know like i think garrett's one. gonna not like this like for some reason i was like i had a feeling you could but just feel it your your ears were burning <laughs> for some reason yeah i was like hmm, i wonder um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go, uh, I'll go four out of five for this because, uh, just for the rewatchability of it, um, it's like you said, it's a very lean under 90 minutes, but still has a lot of really good ideas, even if they aren't engaging with them. Yeah. But at the same time, I think not engaging with them does help in its favor in yeah. a weird way. Um, and yeah, so like in this ensemble, like you said, the, the camp performances, uh, and terrible lines, uh, the combination is, uh, still makes this group very yeah. entertaining to watch, uh, throughout the rest of the film. You, you know, what would have made this movie like 20% better is if like the last shot of the movie was almost kind of like men in black style where it like zooms out, you know, have like the first men in black. It's like the marble the inside. Yeah. Like something mm -hmm. like that, you know, just, uh, oh, there's, there's 30 of these different, you know, giant, uh, you know, skyscraper sized cubes that these different you know groups are the trying cube to is just floating in space something you know give that me a little been... bit more i know it's the, the, they had uh, like ten dollars and some, <laughs> some gum to make this movie but something like that i think would have been really cool that would have been really cool and i think uh i i was into your idea of uh, having multiple groups in there like yeah. uh, they could have done a really uh simple thing of like they put them in like two different colored uniforms but the colors don't actually mean anything yeah but everybody assumes it is like oh you're where must be opposition you know yeah. and it kind of turns into to um, this like kind of survival, but then like yeah, like intermingling with groups, yeah. with twit with clones, uh, like with coherence. Like imagine coherence <laughs> going on in this movie. That would have been. Uh, you open a room and there's just another you standing in there. Fucking yeah. bananas. That <laughs> See, that's another thing is they could have done that with the limited budget because you don't have to hire another actor. You just throw them in a different costume. All right, I'm bringing the Cube franchise back. Uh, that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, there was a uh, a Japanese version of this which um apparently um i heard is not that great well, um which is disappointing because uh, i i credit this one so <laughs> well you know but i i credit the japanese with um uh, you know kind of pioneering a lot of death game stuff as well like yeah. uh, they've been pretty uh, well known for me um uh, i was gonna slip one into this month but wasn't able to slip her into the lock you know Sli i wasn't able <laughs> to slip uh slip into the lock um but yeah so so four out of five for me i still love the production design from this and uh i uh, between this and Splice, uh, I wish uh, Vincenzo Natalia uh, gets a little bit more work. I think he's a very interesting uh, filmmaker. Yeah. So let's see what other movies were on the brain while we were talking Cube. Alrighty, here on Spectre Cinema Club, we like to conclude our episodes by playing movie math. Uh, you just have to take some of the films that you were thinking about or uh, think could have been even inspired uh, by this film in discussion here. It's a little difficult because this movie is so kind of uh, such a pioneer of this genre. It's hard not to just, you know, uh, pull from the movies that went after this film. Uh, but what movies uh, were you thinking of when you were watching Cube? I mean, that's definitely the route that I went. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are so many films that have kind of come after this. Like, I, I, again, I really don't think uh, people understand the importance of Cube and kind of setting the precedence uh, for some of these uh, films. Because, like, you can watch so many of them and you think that's that or, like... Um, Mo, like whenever I said cube, she kept explaining movies to me, which come up in our, in our, uh, yeah. movie math yeah. that I was like, Oh no, not that movie. It's the one that came before that. <laughs> so like, it, it really is uh, a trendsetter. Um, so for me, um, I went pretty simple on this one. Um, I, I had one of yours in my equation that I took it out. So happy to see it still in there. Um, but, uh, so I have a meander, which came out a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a similar thing, but it's a, uh, it's just one one gal, she's in this uh, series of tubes, 
and uh, it's like dark, and she has this like gro- glow bracelet on, mm-hmm. and now she has to like crawl through and navigate traps within this tube setting. Interesting. Um, and uh, and so you haven't seen it? I've not even heard I, of this. Okay, well I won't spoil it, but watch it because I think the end will make you happier than. Is it the- Aliens, Devon? I need to check this out. What is Meander? Twenty twenty. Uh, go ahead and check it out, but. Yes, you'll be you'll be more uh, 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 satisfied, I think, with the end of this, and it has a and and it also has like a very much a visual motif similar to Cube with these uh, different colored glowing lights Ooh, for different very, types of looks traps. Very claustrophobic. This looks it like is. this would suck. It's a it's a good one. So um, I highly recommend checking that one out. And it's uh, again like just one person, so it's like you're getting like a lot of this like inner monologue and. Her memories are coming up as she's like going through this. Um, it's a uh, very fascinating, but it, you can it has the DNA of Cube all mm-hmm. over it. And uh, I have that divided by another one that people really love from a few years ago, which was uh, the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, came out on Netflix. A lot of people watched that one, and uh, people were calling it, you know, Vertical Cube in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah. And I I divided it um by Meander because uh, Meander is kind of a lot more similar in line with Cube and Cube. Um, it does kind of lack some of the um, it, it lacks like you know the class themes and like uh, uh, and it's not as mysterious. I mean, it is mysterious, but like we do know that one is like human made mm-hmm. and all these things, and it's like kind of there's more information about it, and is uh, a little bit more upfront with its themes. Yeah. Um, but however, just uh, the the kind of visual look of it, um, with uh these uh you know the jumpsuits and things like that, and the uh, minimalist design mm-hmm. of these floors and everything. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, but also kind of has a slight sci-fi. Like, how does that magnet platform work? I don't get it. That like that's that's some alien shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So a uh, platform, a really fun one. Um. So definitely check that one out. Yeah. Definitely. Just like capitalism, the movie. You know, just this real, real overt visual metaphor. It's like the subtlety of a fucking hammer. That movie is. They're like <laughs> the, the the finale is no actually. Don't eat the rich. Wink, wink. Damn. Keep damn. the keep really the panna cotta. <laughs> really makes you think. Um, I have a circle, 2015's circle, uh, divided by Saw 5. And Saw 5, the reason I'm dividing that, I'm taking the specific trap of the group of people who, um, if you haven't seen the, the film in a while, it's the, the, the trap where the group of people wake up with the kind of the uh, collars on that are connected to this decapitation sort of guillotine and they all have to uh what they discover at the end they all were supposed to work together and use their various skill sets in order to to help them towards the end but they don't they fight they bicker which causes them to kind of have to uh sacrifice a bit more than they would have if they just uh, all work together so circle is also uh very minimalist do a lot with a little kind of you know a different breed of death game movie where these characters are having to um deliberate and debate on what each person brings to the table uh uh you know in regards to their own kind of utility their jobs their age their you know gender are they pregnant are they not you know all of these different things and try to figure out who is kind of the most deserving of life so i think that you have kind of the this socio kind of uh sociopolitical elements of circle as well as like a minimalist death game film divided by saw five about this group of people trying to you know, should have worked together in order to uh, escape this this dangerous situation. Yeah, Saw 5 was going to be also in my equation, yeah. um, definitely, because that is uh, kind of my favorite of the group games mm-hmm. uh, within the Saw franchise. Like you said, like, that, like uh, that's the most winnable. Like, the, like literally everyone could have won and made it out, like and, like, yeah. and, and that was, like, kind of one of the more interesting depictions and takes on uh on john's philosophy and that's mm-hmm. uh you know that's what gave uh john or the, that's what uh gave hoffman a big head and then that's when you know uh john had to start trying to cut him down he's gotta size, have a big head for those big lips you know what i'm saying hey <laughs> hoffman hoffman again hey he, he won quite a bit and uh he, he kind of owns in saw five um but uh, in circle yeah uh circle that one ends with aliens right that one's aliens. You know what, Devon? I can't remember. I, just I can't. mean, I, I like it. That one's like more just like asking people questions and then yeah. them deciding who dies and like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like that. But uh, yeah, so a lot of these films, uh, oh, a large debt to Cube. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movie math things to where it's like this film is so uh, kind of 
trailblazing in a, in its own way that a lot of the the subsequent films definitely have its fingerprints all over it. So it's hard not to just kind of pick those because there weren't a lot of movies like Cube before Cube. You know, I haven't watched the Escape Room movies, but people seem to like them. I've seen the first one. I've not seen the. I think it's Tournament of Champions is the yeah. second one. I didn't see it. the first one. Didn't really impress me, and I I think based on premise alone, I didn't like that the characters returned to the second one. I was kind of like, eh, I don't need to see. I don't. The idea of a Tournament of Champions is not as interesting to me. I kind of want to see a new batch of people try to go through this, not, mm. you know, the veterans. Well, so I thought speak. it was like they did it on purpose because they're like, oh, we want to, like, dismantle the system. Yeah. Nah. 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 Not, but, no, boo. Boo. Well, I'm going to check them out. I'll put them, I'll put them on my watch list for this month as uh, we continue to blaze through Death Game Films. Uh, next week, we will be talking Ready or Not, a pretty recent one. Um, you know, So we're in the literal game route now. For also that uh, shares a connection with this film, uh, whatever uh, the character's name is. The the one who succumbs to Cube Madness, the, the woman, she is also in Ready or Not. So it's a little bit of connective tissue there. Oh, no shit? Yep. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. Well, that's exciting. Look, another happy accident as we did usual. It. We did it. Um, uh, What are you working on right now, Garrett? I'm doing a lot of stuff over on TikTok, doing a lot of uh, horror movie recommendations and reviews and stuff. Uh, I will be uh, posting a review of uh, When Evil Lurks that is uh, getting all the, the horror the horror baddies all excited. So we're going to be uh, talking about that over on TikTok. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, subscribe to me over there or follow me on Twitter or Letterboxd, all that good stuff, it's at uh, Garrett McDowell. Uh, but if you want some more uh, podcast stuff for myself, you can subscribe to my Star Wars podcast at Scum and Villainy. Uh, we would love to have you on over there. Yeah, we'll see if uh, When Evil Lurks comes up in uh, the be- end of the year best of list because, I mean, it's pretty high on mine. It's so. pretty high on mine so as well. I have, so. a, I have a feeling we might end up talking about it at, at some point. And if we bring Donato back as well, it's probably going to be on his too. So <laughs> Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see if uh, that one comes up at the end of the year. Um, I'm uh, been pretty busy over on Pod and Pendulum working through the Saw movies. Uh, we just finished out the Hoffman arc uh, with uh, Saw, the final chapter. Doing the Lord's um, work. Hey, hey, we, we, we've had a really great time over there. Um, I've deemed myself uh, the secretary of Hoffman Affairs <laughs> um, as uh, Ariel is um, our uh, mayor of Saw City over there. So we've been uh, having a good time. So I've done five, five of the... So I've done half of the Saw franchise over Damn, there. That's crazy. Enough. So uh, so go hop on over there. Um, also just uh, dropped an episode of a movie mixtape with uh, Billy Ray Bruton um, talking movies um, about sensory overload and like making a, uh, a mixtape of movies about those. That was a good time. And uh, yeah, and I got uh, some more uh, podcast stuff coming up, but uh, I don't know when they're dropping. I literally did like eight recordings this mm-hmm. past week. Damn. Uh, insane. And we're talking. We are uh, TikToking over at Spectre Cinema. I got a list of um, uh, spooky season vibe uh, movies to check out. But I'll go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.